Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right. Welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. We are slowly but surely recovering from Thanksgiving. Um, you know, that turkey is still sitting in my sitting in my stomach. But, uh, you know, we're, we're getting the energy back because we got Christmas ahead of us. And today is going to be a good day because we got Sridhar Saniti with us on the podcast. Sridhar has done over 3,700 units in 15 multifamily complexes in uh, Texas and Tennessee through syndications. He's developed, he's developing 636 multifamily units. So this man has experience. He has a lot to share with us, I'm sure. Um, Sridhar, thank you very much for hopping on the show. Well, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, hey, man, I told you before we got on here, we like to start with stories. So why don't you take us back to the beginning of this, uh, of your story? How'd you get started in real estate? Sure. So basically, I'm from uh, India. I'm an IT professional. I came to this country in 95. It's almost... Uh, 28 years, I would oh, wow. say. So um, I was in uh, Wall Street, worked there for 18 years, and then relocated to Dallas 10 years back. And when I was in Wall Street, I always had the dream of starting my own uh, IT company or some other uh, venture. But I couldn't do it because, you know, Wall Street is a lengthy day, uh, work day. So hardly we'll find any time to do it on anything. Still, I tried a couple of ventures. I couldn't do it. So that one uh, was in my brain that I had to do something. So uh, after relocating to Dallas um, 10 years back, and that came to my mind, so I should do something. So I initially looked into starting another IT company here. But every time uh, I had the same challenge, partners are not committed as I am committed. So we had to abandon the process in the middle. So then I thought maybe I uh, if I solve my problem a uh, main problem would be money to our initial time right so if i solve that problem i can start my own it venture so if, if for getting that money issue right cash flow issue i thought i should look for some passive income some from somewhere so initially i thought uh, i can buy single family and apartments and all that and build a income stream to my surprise, I tried for one one and a half year. I could not find a sing. I could not buy a single property because the competition was so high. Oh, I was yeah, spending Dallas, so much sure. time. Either my offer was uh, just missed by five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars sometime, uh, and then again the process started. So I got frustrated and I said, "I should not look for small. I should go for big." So then I started looking into commercial real estate. Initially, I thought hotels, motels would be the best bet. And I started attending multiple real estate events. In one of the events, I bumped into this multifamily syndication seminar. Uh, I got uh, attracted to that one because it, it seems to be very uh, meaningful and reasonable. So I immediately after that, I went to bigger pockets and searched on it and see there if there is anything then immediately invested in a couple of deals um, through that bigger pocket uh, um, members who have been sponsoring 
So I got my first check, then I got uh, very happy and said, oh, this looks like it's working. There's Let something me go full this. time. This and, just work. <laughs> yeah. Let me go and be active member rather than passive member. Because if I want to grow fast, the active membership is better. So yeah. uh, then I started looking into active general partnership. So I, I met uh, a friend there, my first partner from uh, one of those real estate events. And we formed up a team, um, my friend and uh, that other partner and myself. Three together, we bought our first property, 96 units. Oh, nice. In, uh, yeah, in Wichita Falls, Texas is the heavy lift. Uh, definitely, there were some things went wrong, but we <laughs> yeah, were able to manage. <laughs> yeah, we were able to manage and then maintain that property. Very cool, man. So it sounds like you uh, you got into real estate kind of with a goal to do something completely different. You're like, you know, I'll get into real estate because I really want to make an IT business. But yeah. it turns out real estate was the it was the ticket. That was the way that you ended up going. Yep. Yeah. So now I feel I should keep the real estate as main business. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was my next question is, have you ever thought about going back to IT? Uh, Not now, huh? No, not now. So even now I'm full time. So yeah. I may, uh, that passion would be there because I'm a, a IT professional. I was in IT for a very long period of time. So that itch will come back once in a while. Yeah. I should do something <laughs> type Makes of thing. Sense. So I may. Yeah. yeah uh, that, I, I love your story. Um, I mean, you you were working the nine to five, which so many, you know, I used to be in uh, work as a management consultant in, in IT. I worked in tech. Um, up here in Seattle. And so, you know, so many of us, we're in that nine to five and we're just, we, we don't see the end of the tunnel and we're like, we need to find a way out of this. We need to find, start a business and get, you know, find that road that'll lead us to the freedom that we're looking for. Um, real estate works for everybody out there. It doesn't matter your, what, what background you have, you can get into real estate and, uh, and, and reach your goals in it. That's the, the route you took. Um, so you, that first 96 unit deal, you did that with your partner that you met at a real estate event, right? Yes, that's correct. Very cool. Um, how did you guys find it? And what uh, what did each of you guys bring to the table when you created the partnership? So that other partner, he was doing smaller uh, multifamily purchases by himself, like 24 unit, 30 unit type of thing. He, has a, he had an IT company at that time. Uh, so he was able to buy smaller property by himself and the prices were not that high also at that time. So it was doable, uh, but he wanted to scale up. So that's when uh, he liked the idea of partnering and then started buying bigger one. So he basically, he would uh, help us in acquiring the property and we being the new, myself and my friend being the new, we will raise the funds. That was okay. the agreement. And then okay. we will help you in asset management and other activities um, while learning the whole process and all. Very cool. So that's how we started. And then uh, between me and my friend, we raised uh, around 95% of the funds for okay. the first deal. Yeah. Nice. And I'm assuming, you know, being in IT, you had plenty of people in your network who had disposable yep. income um did you did you raise it through going you know networking outside of your your immediate circle for that first deal or was it all raised you know in the your friends that you already knew you know, it's uh, 
I was not sure I, whether people would invest with me. That was my first thing. So I had to think through a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's scary. I have, a habit of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, have a habit of connecting with a lot of friends and then keeping in touch with them ah, okay. and getting to know what they do and all. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I had 250 or so contacts in my phone. Then I went through one by one and I saw whom should I reach out to for this first deal? So I and out of 250, I shortlisted 20 people. Mm-hmm. And I, I proposed this idea and I told him that, hey, I want to be an active syndicator. Will you be interested? So to my surprise, all 20 said yes. All 20. Wow, that's yeah. great. Uh, so we were ex- uh, ecstatic at that time when they said yes. And then they sent the money. So it was oversubscribed in the first deal. <laughs> very cool uh, yeah presenting a, presenting you know a deal to somebody um and, and taking their money and investing it that is you know it's a scary thing having to reach out that especially when you haven't done it before um yeah, yeah i mean it's 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 uh it's can be intimidating it can be scary but uh once you get that through it that first time and you have a track record of success behind you um it's a little yeah. bit less easier or less scary once you once you get to pass that first one yeah um, so after that first, that you know, that 96 units, what did we say at the beginning? You've done 3,700 units. So you've definitely scaled yeah. since that first, uh, that first deal. What yeah, happened in after five that years, first deal? In five, yeah, in five years, I scaled up to 3,700 units as a general partner and as a passive 11,600 plus units. That's, that's insane. So, yeah. I mean, take us through the, the, you know, career arc from that first 96 unit. How did yeah. you go about getting to the 3,700 units? Yeah, so immediately after that uh, closing of first deal, we got uh, very excited and we were very confident that, hey, when I call 20 people, all 20 said yes. Even if I go to another party, maybe 50% of them will say yes. Let's continue this trend as long as we can raise the money. <laughs> I'm a rock star. So, yeah, so the, immediately we saw a 200-unit property and then we went for that like that. Um, first year alone, we closed four deals. Oh, wow. That's really great. All in the Dallas area? Uh, all in Dallas area. So uh, it was almost like 1,000 units we reached in one year. <laughs> so, wow. That's great. That's uh, that, that's a trajectory that you don't often hear, but um, when you do, that's that's great to hear. What? Give me the time frame. What, what year was this that you guys were doing this? This is uh, starting up 2019. Oh, so this is just when the the hockey stick was just going right up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 2019, and then uh, then the following year also we did. Uh, even despite COVID, we were able to close few deals, and then continued cool. that trend even last year, even now this year also we closed few deals. So nice. Have you uh, so have you taken anything full cycle? Have you already have you sold the that first three deals? We went full cycle. So we exceeded the expected uh, average rate of return. So nice. Well, congratulations on that. I love to hear success stories. Um, I'm sure, you know, you're, it looks like you're in development now. At what point did you, why choose development now that you had, you already have this, you know, this formula that you're using for buying established properties. I'm sure you're rehabbing them. Um, Why did you decide to go down the development path? So when I spoke to investors, uh, they gave different perspectives, like each one has different priorities in life. Mm-hmm. Most of the friend, most of the people in my friend circle, they're mostly working in IT field and they have a decent income. So they are not, 
um, worried about the cash flow on a monthly basis or quarterly basis. They wanted a network bump. So at that point, uh, I thought I should look into something that can give them real faster pace of uh, network growth. And second thing is competition was high when the market was so hard. Hmm. So it's difficult to get the deals too. So um, And people are paying... Uh, insane prices to the properties <laughs> they don't deserve it so so that uh, made me think through what else can be done so i got the opportunity to uh, lead one deal uh, for construction so um, that, that was my first leap into construction and then i started liking it and okay. immediately yeah, i started signing up uh, for construction deals at the moment i am into uh, four construction deals and then wow that's several crazy. in pipeline so so do you do you prefer uh new construction over existing or uh is it is it just kind of like a new thing that you're really into for now um yeah and i prefer new construction to existing is that because uh, you can underwrite it a little bit easier um you have a lot of room for margin of error so even oh, if you okay. do some mistake then you, you have enough bandwidth that the deal can absorb and then still you will come victorious whereas in existing deals uh even one or two parameters you go wrong then you will be under stress so and, and not only that the economic conditions right usually the new deals you we build in a good neighborhoods they are less uh challenged in economic situations compared yeah. to the existing ones existing ones you will see higher delinquencies and uh, um, rental growth challenges etc so i thought uh, i should put 50 50 emphasis at the moment uh, 50% on existing and 50% new construction mm -hmm. eventually i may go like 75 new construction and 25 existing yeah yeah, I've uh, um, I I do a lot of self storage in mobile home RV parks, and uh, somebody that I know in my circle, um, he went full time into new construction for self storage, just because exactly what you just said. You know, you get better returns, the margin of error is um, a lot lower uh, or a lot higher, and so. Uh, but I, whenever I, th I've never done new construction myself. I always buy existing. Um, but yeah. whenever I think of it, the problem that I run into in my mind is that you're you're having to eat these costs for so long because, um, you know, the, the construction cycle, it can be up to, you know, a couple of years long yeah. uh, before it's completed. So what is the the downside of new construction? Um, obviously, the, the weather can play a role that may trigger delays. And also, if we don't have a right general contractor, mm. then that can create another stress point. Yeah. We need to navigate through. And if we have a proper uh, professional construction manager on site and, and make sure that things are going well, then that's a good and easy way. Because in a construction project, uh, typically we don't do distributions, right? So less stress from the investors too. Yeah. So I'm always uh, struggling to fill the numbers. And, and um, yeah, you may have risks on uh, financing. If we have variable interest rate in construction, that also will be susceptible. But that is, in the grand scheme of things, that's very small, I would say. It's not a showstopper. Like, even if the interest rate goes up by 2-3 percentage points, it's not a showstopper. 
Whereas in the existing properties, if it is go if it goes up by two three percent, then the whole thing gets derailed. Yeah, then you get screwed. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, right on. Well, I uh, took a peek at the clock. It looks like we have run it down, so it's time to jump into the quick question round. Are you ready? Yeah, ready. Yep. Let's do it. Uh, first question is about education. Um, it can be any form of education: books, movies, conferences, whatever. I just need two recommendations, one of them general life wisdom, and then one for real estate. Yeah, so real estate wise, like many people say that uh, rich dad, poor dad. Rich so dad, I also read dad. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I strongly suggest that one for beginners. Uh, for people who want to be more analytical, for them, uh, think and grow rich. Uh, that one I, I would suggest. But for uh, normal, uh, People who doesn't read that many books for them, rich dad, poor dad, I would say. Um, outside that, um, I, I would say, and uh, this other books I would read is like uh, um, four hours a week. I, I forgot that. Uh, uh, four hour work week. Yeah, for that that one I suggest. Yeah, yeah. so I think it just basically you change your mindset. So that I, one. Uh, I bought that book. I don't know how many years ago. I actually have two copies of that book, and I still haven't read it. I, I gotta get. Yeah. I gotta get on it. Uh, yeah. So that one, I would suggest. And also, I I would uh, encourage people to listen to the podcast. Mm. So, for a few reasons. So most of the time, the books are uh, written in a one particular pattern but in podcasts like people would ask different questions right and then you would uh, you'll get the answer from uh, first hand experience right yep. so those are more valuable in my opinion yep. yeah that's perfect timing because we're on a podcast there you go yeah <laughs> all right i'm gonna move us on to the next question this is for your younger self so let's yep. go back to the stradar who was uh, just getting into the u.s back in 1995 go to him mm -hmm. look him in the eye give him one piece of advice moving forward so uh, one thing I would uh, definitely say is that uh, setting up the mindset, I did not do at that time. I was uh, very fearful. Like I was more focused on W2 jobs. Mm. Um, Risk-taking was like no-no for me at that time. But uh, had I thought through and mitigated the risk and did this entrepreneurship long time back, I would have been in a different situation. So, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, I you know, I ask this, everybody that comes on the podcast, I ask that question. And um, a lot of them say that they wish they got started earlier. Uh, I'm yep. going to say that's that, that your advice falls into the same bucket. They, yep. You know, if you're out there, you're thinking about getting started, you're thinking about doing real estate, just do it. Just pull the trigger, yep. go buy yourself a property, go, you know, don't focus too much on networking, on education, get yep. what you need and then get a deal done. Um, yep. You will not regret it. All right. Next question is about the U.S. It's a big place, a lot of opportunity out there. Give me the single metro you're most excited about investing in today. Dallas. Dallas, <laughs> no. Texas. Because I live in Dallas and also it has been consistently growing for mm -hmm. the past 10 years and it still has the path to grow. Yeah. So I'm a little biased over Dallas, but there are other cities which are good too. I'm not denying that. Yeah. yeah. No, Dallas, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. That's a, it's a solid one. We, I have um, a self storage facility out there in Dallas. I've been looking for more, but there just aren't any good deals out there right now. Yeah. 
Um, so right on. Good, uh, good Metro leads us to the next question. This is about your business. Um, the first, the first positions we hire form the foundation of our business. So what were the first positions for you? And, uh, if you did it again today, would you do it differently, um, in terms of the order in which you hired those positions? Yeah, definitely. As we grow it, we need to think through and then hire people, right people. Um, one of the challenges was I, I was building the portfolio while I'm working full-time W2 job. Only this year, I'm completely into commercial real estate. Until then, I was doing both, wow. which is a, a, which is another challenging task. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to work with uh, employees, if I'm in the office, I cannot work with them. So that is why I started with the virtual staff. Mm. So... Um, I did uh, fun- uh, I did road functions like whom need to be hired for what function and all. So instead of going one function at a time, then I decided to hire ten at the same time. Oh wow, geez! <laughs> so, so that way, uh, you know, it would be chaotic in the beginning, but I, it will cover everything, right? Yeah. So now I have um, two people who does the underwriting. Okay, two okay. people who does asset management for okay. back office operations, two people who do social media marketing like that. I, I have functions defined for them and they do uh, on a daily basis. I have a stand-up call with uh, all of them. So it goes smooth. Initially, as I said, right, uh, if you never manage the virtual staff of 10 people, suddenly it is something challenging, a bit challenging. It took a few months to understand uh um, the working style and expectations and all that. So after that, things are going smoothly. Yeah, I, I think the biggest uh, my virtual team has gotten up to has been five. Um, and that was over time. Like we've hired one a couple of months later, we'd hire another. Hiring 10 at once, that would just be, that would be, <laughs> that'd be intense. Um, yeah. But I mean, it worked out for you. So, uh, so there's no complaints yeah. there. All right. Next question is about finding deals. Uh, it all starts with getting in contact with the seller and making that offer. So what is your favorite way to find good deals? So initially, we started downloading from all these websites, um, uh, all from all the real estate brokers. And slowly, we started getting the calls from those brokers and we established the relationship in that fashion because they realized that uh, we are downloading a lot of deals. And also, uh, whenever we close a deal, we are uh, putting it in the social media. So they are tracking us. So they know that, yeah, it's not uh, somebody who simply downloads the deal, but they're serious type of thing. And uh, we don't download the deals that are not uh, um, important to us. Like, uh, for example, if there is a 20-unit deal or 30-unit deal, we don't download them. We have the criteria. So only if it meets that criteria, then only we download Gotcha. So that way we are focused on which property we are interested in. Very cool. So it sounds like uh, you that's brokers. You do networking, reaching out through 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 brokers yep. and then just getting deals that are on market um, yes. that meet your criteria. Yeah, slowly they, we started getting off market. After, initially, it was mostly on market. After that, it is mostly off market. Gotcha. Cool, cool. All right. Next question is about a lesson learned. Um, not every deal that we get into goes the way that we expect. In fact, most deals have a little bit of hair on them. Um, something comes out of the left field and hits you in the face. So what is one deal that kind of went sideways and what was the lesson that you learned from it? 
Yeah, that's good. Uh, first couple of deals, uh, I was able to raise more than what I needed. So I was overexcited. By third deal, I thought that, okay, whatever is needed, I can raise it. Um, so uh, I, I was uh, very uh, happy that the moment I saw that the amount that uh, I need to raise has been f- uh, fulfilled in the third deal, but the money did not come in. Mm. So suddenly, uh, I, I, it so happened that a lot of people went on vacations out of country type of thing. Mm. And uh, uh, the close time has come so close, right? I had only one week Oof. and suddenly half a million dollar disappeared from my raise pool because they were out of country or some vacation or something. I cannot reach out to them and I cannot force them to send the money just like that <laughs> when oh, they are in vacation uh, and because I, I don't force people on investment. So then I had to uh, sit and think through and then uh, come up with a game plan to fulfill that uh, half a million dollars in a week. How'd you do it? I uh, I actually ran into that issue just slide, or a couple of weeks ago. But yeah. um, I was luckily able to get an extension from the seller. But I had a week to raise uh, almost a million dollars, nine hundred thousand. And I was shitting my pants. I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. <laughs> so, uh, so how'd you do it? Yeah, for a half a million dollars, then uh, what I uh, did is like basically reviewed my contacts again, the same thing, but this time around. The people who initially showed interest, but they never invested in, because there some of them will be on the uh, wall, right, saying that whether I should go for it or don't go for it. So then I called them and had a one-on-one call for half an hour with each of them. Oh, wow. So and to explain that it's not that scary. And then I told them that how much I'm investing in each deal and what my uh, in risk amount is and uh, after doing like uh, i think seven eight calls i got my money so there you go that's how it's done yeah but i had to put extra effort for that one and then that's the first kind of unplanned one after that uh, usually i look for uh, more than what i need so the number of investors wise so yeah. that i get the money quickly and then close my part yeah yeah, um, raising uh, raising money is actually harder than I I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yep, yep. There's a, a lot of conversations that you got to have, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, sounds like you made it that that one week you hit your timeline, so that's uh, yep. that's good to hear. Um, and that brings us to the last question. This is for the listeners. I'm sure people want to reach out, get in contact with you. Um, what is the best way for people to reach out? Yeah, they can reach out me, uh, reached out to me at Sridhar at growwealthtoretire.com or through my website, www.growwealth2retire.com. Uh, growwealthtoretire.com. Perfect. Grow wealth to the number two, retire.com. <laughs> I will put that link in the show notes. So if y'all want to reach out, just click the little more in the description. It'll pull down yeah. that full description in there. You can find Sridhar's link. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hey, it was uh, great to meet you. Thank you very much for hopping on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. Everybody is here with us today. Thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe, at the real estate investing club.com. If you guys want to support the show, all we ask, give us a like, subscribe, share, all that jazz. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. 
If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.